Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicoon. You are listening to episode one hundred and eighty-eight of the <clears throat> of the podcast, and let's get ready to say the spin chagrin. How do you feel about getting the one eighty-eight of the spin chagrin? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> um tonight we are continuing through the summer steel journey where we are watching all of the uh superman's movies where superman is the primary character um this episode we're going to cover both superman 3 and superman 4 um quite a treat and we'll start with superman 3 came comes out in 1983 29% from critics 23% from audiences on ron tomato uh, we have Richard Lester uh, fully as the director for this. David and Leslie Newman writing again, who ended up doing the uh, rewrites on one and two. Uh, Christopher Reeve returns. Uh, Margot Kidder returns briefly in what amounts to a cameo. Richard Pryor's in this movie is Gus Gorman. Annette O'Toole <clears throat> is, uh, stars as Lana Lang. Robert Vaughn and Annie Ross as Bubba and Vera Webster. So, Frank, um, we talked in both one and two about the Richard Donner situation from one into two and some of the fallout of how it kind of made two a mess at times. Um, That fallout continues basically into Superman 3, where a lot of the actors are still not very happy whatsoever about what happened with Richard Donner. That includes... Seemingly Gene Hackman and Margot Kidder and Christopher Reeve, um, all on different levels. Uh, Hackman, obviously not in this, is Lex Luthor. Um, Ilya Salkine says that the character needs a break, um, you know, and Hackman doesn't really say anything too publicly about it. Um, but it is notable that Hackman returns for four that the Salkines aren't producing um, uh, and doesn't return here. Uh, Kidder, I know I've told you about off air a little bit where Salkine said that Lois and Clark's romance was ended, um, in two. So it was time for a new story, but the scuttlebutt behind the scenes is Kidder publicly, um, supported Richard Donner. And this ended up being punishment for Kidder is to have such a small role in the movie. Uh, the thing I don't think you know about is what happens with Christopher Reeve. And this is the part that I think is, uh, amusing. You've never read anything about this, right? No, I tried okay. to say. Yeah. Okay. So there's a bunch of different versions of the story, but basically it seems like Reeve holds out because he's upset over Donner still and he doesn't like the script. Um. Now, which version of the script is kind of up in the air? Ilya Salkind originally wrote a treatment for this movie himself and in that treatment it included brainiac and uh mr mixilplick is that how you say mixilplicks okay mixilplicks and uh supergirl um were all in that original treatment um the story behind it is that a brainiac finds finds supergirl much like the um kent's fine superman and raises her but then he falls in love with her um brainiac um her adoptive father and um but she doesn't return those feelings so then brainiac uh she, she's in love with superman so brainiac uses a computer to corrupt and split superman um we can see some of those elements remaining um sure. in this script so 
I'm not sure which version of the script. It seems like it was this version that we see ultimately. So they enter pre-production on this movie and he's not, he's not willing to return or he's possibly not signed again. All of it's kind of like confused and up in the air, but apparently they approach John Travolta, Jeff Bridges, Kurt Russell, all of them decline um, to take over the role of Superman. Now, the story is that a few days before filming is supposed to start and Reeve is still holding out. Tony Danza is cast as Superman. Tell me what you think of Tony Danza as Superman. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Can you imagine a world in which Tony Danza Angela, that voice, like, is Superman. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> okay. He's living in Metropolis. You're going to get an accent, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, There's two stories of what happens here. One is that Lester is so horrified by Tony Danza's casting that he flies to New York and begs Reed to return. And he agrees as long as he can change the script. The other one is that Reeve thought he wouldn't be replaced on the movie and thought he could hold out and eventually they would cave to any of his demands about the script. And then he gets shook once Tony Danza gets cast and agrees to return at that point. Um... Since then, the Salkines and their partner Spengler, I believe his name was, their producing partner Spengler, says that that's insane. Nobody cast Tony Danza. Like, Christopher Reeve is always behind the script and stuff like that. But it is, Christopher Reeve has since said that he did not really care for the Superman 3 script um, after this movie comes out. And um, we'll talk, even plays further hardball when it comes to Superman 4. Um, so it seems to me that like there's a lot of bullshitting on him. He didn't like the script. It seems like he wasn't going to come back and whether one story or not is true. Um, that's kind of like where we end up getting Christopher Reed back. It seems as due to Tony Danza casting. Um, and that's something I can't, I can't imagine Tony. Danza. I, mean, I think it'd be pretty funny. I, I think it would too. It would be funnier than anything that comes out of this movie in terms of its comedy. For sure. <laughs> Um, but unintentionally, so I think. Yeah. So, Something, yeah. One thing made me laugh in this movie, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Like I laughed in spite of myself. Yeah. Damn, I can't remember. So I thought when we started, when I when I kind of brought this up, I thought I would watch Superman three, the one I watched the least as a child. I saw the least, and I thought it would be just a middling movie. Like, oh, uh, okay, like you know, it'd be fine. But it said it was an epic, and you loved it. <laughs> yes, end the podcast. Rave <laughs> um, reviews, yeah. So, I, how did you feel about the like? How did you feel about this movie? Watching it, like, what did you? Now, and I'm not asking what you thought. I like about the movie. Like, I'm asking what did you feel? I had forgotten like 85 percent of this movie. Um for good reason and i mean i think that so 
there were some pangs of nostalgia here because I did watch this movie um, as a kid, you know. So what what is it, 84 you said, right? Something like that, 84, 85? Mm-hmm. Um, 83, 83, actually. 83. So yeah. I have this really vivid memory of being, like, super afraid of the sister getting turned into the cyborg or whatever. Like, that made me feel really uncomfortable. And it was, I had forgotten all about that shit existing until I watched it here. And it was like, uh, and it really kind of made me uncomfortable again. So I guess it's got something okay, active, like on my, you know, the child portion of my adult psyche. Mm-hmm. Um, so some nostalgia. All right. But overall, I found it to be really grating. Um, it does the thing that I can't stand in all of these Superman movies, which is, it tries to humanize Superman too much. Like it tries to make you feel like, oh, this is just a regular guy too. Whatever. Cause that's, I mean, I don't care about that shit. That's dumb. And it's way too much here with the Lana Lang thing. Um, the kid, I don't know, like all that stuff. There's just way too little Superman in this movie. And I don't know. I, I'm going to say I don't know a lot over the course of the next couple hours of this podcast, but I feel like directors and writers, they don't understand the character of Superman. We kind of talked about this in Superman 1 and 2, although it wasn't as egregious there, but it's like, he's not, I mean, he's a representation of like the moral high ground in, in humanity, hidden behind this like invulnerable exterior and he's just a boob in these movies like he's an idiot half the time and you mean superman like yeah himself, and clark or... kent both of them they're just okay. they're doofuses they get beat by everything like so we'll we'll talk about this more when we talk about superman 4 because it's more relevant there mm-hmm. but one of the biggest problems in comics with superman at this point in time this is like early 80s Superman, is that nothing makes any sense in terms of it being a threat. Like, they built Superman up to be such an invulnerable character that nothing is a threat to him. But the way that these movies, like, show his weakness is just, I don't know, it's just so dumb. Like, we don't need to talk about 4 yet, but the robot computer like synthesizes kryptonite and it takes fucking Richard Pryor to save Superman, you know, like fuck that. Right. Richard Pryor's casting like comes from the fact that he raved about Superman on Johnny Carson. And they're like, Hey, like let's get Richard Pryor in a Superman movie. He'll do it. He loves Superman. And he did it. That's that's how he got cast. It's a really embarrassing performance. Yeah, like it's it's painful to watch, and there's nothing it, and it's so like sc- like scattershot in the sense that he's this like anti authoritarian bad guy that's robbing from the rich man to like make himself rich, and then in the span of like twenty minutes, he turns into some moralistic like do-gooder that superman just forgives for all of his crimes even though everything is fucking richard Pryor's fault 
You know, right. I don't know. It's just it's, yeah. it's 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 dumb. It's bad casting and it's a bad performance by an otherwise, you know, like fine actor. Right. Yes. I I was shocked by this movie overall. Uh, I I was aghast at times by how bad this movie was. I mean, this is like we don't we don't get to talk about these things because we don't end up watching bad movies together that often. Like, mm. like it's usually it's usually all on you, <sighs> but. This is one of the worst things I've seen in a long time, this movie. So this should tell you something about how this fucking podcast has changed. <laughs> My worldview is, that eh, wasn't that bad. You know, <laughs> it, was, it was better than other stuff I've watched. Right. I thought it was terrible, but I also have seen much worse. Like, I legitimately had to put on the second half of this movie again this week. Because <laughs> I think I want numb. <laughs> it's funny you said that because I had to do the same exact thing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I legitimately like kind of understood what happened in the second half, but I was so numb from the shock of how bad. Like, let's start at the beginning here. Let's just talk about the opening like fifteen oh. minutes, which which is when you. I was so glad because like sometimes I get real worried because most of the time we're we're within a star rating of each other, right? On these movies, like yeah. overall, I think like you know, and sure, sometimes there's so. sometimes there's a you know there there's there's a conflict i was so worried that like you were going to like come out of the saying like i i really liked it um because mm. and when you texted me 15 minutes in and asked me what am i watching i was like oh thank god because that's how i felt um and so this is just pretty much the opening sequence of this movie which is about 13 to 15 minutes or so is a series of like uh, were they like visual gags? As sure, around the city of Metropolis, of all these kind of weird things going haywire, like people bumping into each other, and then that causes some. What were they ducks? Like you know, like, they're penguins. Penguins, right? Penguins to catch on fire, and the penguins are walking around on fire, and like there's. There's all these just this these fucking things just happening. And it's like what is ha- what is going on here? Like and you expect it to all of this to maybe snowball into like some serious thing happening. And all that ends up happening is like a car crashes. And that's it. And he has to rescue somebody in the car. Well, there's a bank robbery, but he doesn't care about that. <laughs> Right, right. It's the guy, and it's the guy that like runs into a fire hydrant. The fire hydrant somehow shoots water into the car, and causes all the doors to lock and right be unable to be opened. Yes, and how does Superman get him out? Right, he rips the sunroof off. Right, like a fucking gremlin. <laughs> um, because we did talk about that last week, like all fair, like. Anybody could like just bust open the fucking window. Right. It didn't have there's, to. It didn't take Superman. There, there's broken debris. Like just pick it up and smash, and the window. Right. right. The water drains out. Like it was, and it sets up the movie. I think fairly well 
as being this kind of just this oddity that you just can't like there's nothing there it's just kind of jokes like visual jokes um throughout um and then and then the worst part is like there's there's another opening because all that stuff with the what was it like the power plant like the chemical factory or whatever like all that no. was, that's the real opening of that movie but then there's also the opening of richard Breyer right, right having to stand at the um unemployment line and be a complete dick right so it's like there's there's even if you count that as a cold open or something it's like there's three openings to this movie and before you get to the story it's like 35 minutes in kind of yeah no it's longer than that you don't really get to the crux of this movie until like an hour into it i wouldn't say yeah yeah i mean i don't i don't remember when the when the when the websters are, are introduced into the plot necessarily like um fully i mean fucking gus gus gorman or whatever the hell his name is um he really doesn't do anything until I would say it's about like an hour in is when he's at the um he's synthesizing the kryptonite at um the in Smallville, right? That mm-hmm. was something that drove me nuts in this movie was the idea that like you can God, it, you know what it's 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 the dick shot when Gus is getting off of the bus and um Clark Kent hits him in the dick with his um his car door. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I and and then there's the scene that you talked about, like uh when Pryor is dressed up as is he like a general or something he's supposed to what, what? Oh god, that's so bad. It's when they're delivering the kryptonite, he's right. Yeah, I think he says he's something like a no, he's not a general, he's like a field marshal or something. He yeah. says, I don't know. It's something very specific, and I was thinking, like, why don't you just say you're a general? Goddamn Richard Pryor. Okay, so you are much more familiar with this than I am. Like, I, I've read Marvel comics. I've not read hardly uh, much of DC ever. Um, is this a Superman? Like, th- does this feel like something out of the Superman comics in any way? Sure, from, like, the does 60s, it, maybe. In the 60s? Okay. Yeah, I mean, so for the longest time, and I guess, I mean, I, I don't know, I stopped reading Superman in the 80s, probably, but, like, Kryptonite was always your 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 two-sex machina. It was the thing that, when you needed Superman to be vulnerable, somebody discovered some new strain of Kryptonite that did something different to him. Like, yellow Kryptonite, and green Kryptonite, and blue Kryptonite, so mm-hmm. this is just some strain of Kryptonite that, you know... Because it's like a fucked up synthetic strain, it turns him into two people, I guess, or whatever. But right. So well, let's talk about that. What do you think about the evil, like you know, corrupt Superman stuff in the? It movie? is my favorite part of the movie. Yes. Like Superman sitting there at the bar with the yes. stubble. Yes. Flicking peanuts through the glass and like yep. down in shots of Johnny Walker. I mean, if I had superpowers, that's what I'd be doing. You know? <laughs> I wasn't expecting that's the reason you like. <laughs> like, I feel you, Superman. Fuck them. Like, what are they going to do to you anyway? But the the greatest part, and actually, that this is what I think made me laugh the hardest in the movie, 
is when Superman walks outside of the bar and everyone's like, ah, Superman, you're a bum. <laughs> ah, you're such a disappointment. Right. And he and then little fucking um Kenny Lang or whatever, Lana Lang's like son. He's like, nah, Superman, you got it. You got this. Like, you'll come back stronger than ever for Superman. And Superman just goes, blah, and like <laughs> flops his arms and like yeah. runs down the street and has this like ungainly flight like away where the voice of the kid is like going, it's hilarious. Like, like Christopher Reeves acting. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, like <laughs> I, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Instead, I, it's just like blowing them all away and just doing whatever he wants. Yeah. I still like Reeves in this. Despite yeah. myself, like I still think Reeve is a really good Superman. Yeah. Um, it, it, he for whatever flaws, like all this stuff has, um, all this movie has, like Reeve is fine in it, in it. Yeah, delivering some of the stupidest lines, like yes. ever. Yes. Um, I really wanted to write some of them down. Some of them were like amazing. The things that they make these people say in this movie. Um. But I mean, really, it's just so it's it's just Superman one with the villains like the evil conceited genius that is ultimately like undone by his own hubris. You know, the beautiful buxom blonde woman that belies like her beauty, like belies like actual like emotional intelligence and mm-hmm. like intellect or whatever. And then I mean, I guess Vera is a little different than um, what's his name? Uh. Um, Nimbadi or whatever, but right. I, yeah, I I see. I mean, I, I mean, think I, it's, I think it's obvious that this was supposed to be Luther again. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, but that's so boring. Like the idea that it could have been Brainiac is actually interesting to me, because at least then you're taking a character that exists and isn't just some. And they make Luther a joke. Like one of the things with Luther in the comics is at least his machinations are clever and his ultimate goal is to destroy Superman. Like all these people are just capitalists, really. Right. Right. Like psychopathic or, you know, sociopathic capitalists, but nonetheless. Yeah. I I just found so much of this either and it was just embarrassing. It was yeah, too pretty many, embarrassing. It was, an embar- it was embarrassing filmmaking for the most part. Um, I, I, I don't understand. I think the story, like on any kind of like emotional level, like what I'm supposed to feel necessarily, because I didn't feel anything. Well, like, what, am I supposed to be ever... worried about Superman? Like, yeah, in this of course, movie? yeah. I, I... I, the thing is too though and that, the lana lang stuff doesn't work yeah i'm a, i'm you always say like whatever damn me with faint praise or you said that whatever but yeah. here's my defense of my minor defense of this movie this is the beginning of like the technological revolution right like one of the greatest scenes in this movie is the bad guy playing like the atari superman game to shoot missiles as superman um that's what i think you know i mean when i was a kid i'm telling you like that the scene of that woman getting sucked into the supercomputer and turned into a cyborg really uncomfortable to me as a child and i think that that was the whole point is that you're supposed to 
it's supposed to make you nostalgic for the days of like pre-technology when most people on the planet knew what those days were like you know right. what i mean yeah. like anymore i mean we remember it but it's not like it's it's basically like not even in our lifetime like we've always had right um technology around us and then you know here's an era where the home computer is just becoming a thing you know video games are just in their kind of like nascent stage even though they've existed for a few years yeah. like the idea of having well when's the nes come out that's uh, 87 no oh, 80, 86 no. 87 this is the fall of the atari in 83 oh. gotcha um you know people have that stuff in their house and and also, just I don't know, it's just lame. It's lame Superman storytelling. But you're yeah. supposed to think that maybe this is a time where Superman doesn't get out of it. But what are you, an idiot? Like, of course, Superman gets out of it. So I don't know. Right. I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I. This is just an empty movie to me overall. Like, um, from a script writing standpoint, most of the acting performances I think are pretty, like, empty to comical, like, and not in a good way. Like, um, and then some just outright bad. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I felt just I felt bad for Richard Pryor watching this movie to some degree. Like Richard Pryor's just getting paid. Sure. I mean, that's the whole thing with sure. everything. Like just get get that check, baby. Like I said, I would have rather probably seen Tony Danza cast in this movie because I think it would make it so ridiculous that it would be better. I would laugh really hard to see Tony Danza cast. It would have been all right, so I mean, he's still guys, around. He can still do it. He could, yeah, he was just on the Sex in the City revival recently. Um, but there are a couple of things in the movie that I think work minorly, and I think that I think the supercomputer looks great. I think that the practical effects there are really good. Um, I actually kind of like the fight between good superman and bad superman you know um like i said the bad superman stuff is the only thing i could say that like didn't bother me and that includes that fight because like, it's the most like superman-esque thing in the movie yeah like where it's just superman overcoming the odds of like a right. a strong foe through his dedication or whatever um that scene you know for all five minutes of it is pretty decent um but everything else is just kind of shit i guess so i don't know yeah what did you think of i mean the, the lot of Lang, what's the name kenny lang is that what you said i just made that up i can't okay. remember his name is well well fine that's fine kenny lang kenny lang i don't we don't try to do that ever but it's like man that child that yeah child come actor. on superman come on you can you can get your mojo back superman i know it i know you can be successful <laughs> You got it, Superman. I'm on your side, buddy. Oh, come on back, man. Stop being such a dick. Um, a little bit of Mr. Hanking in Kenny Lang. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I think the whole storyline with the it's like it's like they were hedging their bets that maybe they never can get Margaret Kidder back, and this has got to be the love story for the rest of the Superman films. Right. So they're not really letting you invest in the idea of Clark and Lana being together, but they're also not like shooting it down 100%. Right. So you just kind of. Yeah. Like, why is she even entertaining Brad? You know, like the shitty 
drunken, right. like right. small town loser. Like, don't entertain that dude. I mean, you're not even being nice. You're kind of just like hedging your bets against yeah. like, Clark. Right. It, it the I just the whole idea of him going back to Smallville and all that shit is just so yeah cheesy. Like it, it, it stretches out a movie by about forty five minutes that doesn't need to exist. Right. Right. I can't even remember. There's so there's actually a lot going on in this movie. The more we uh, we're talking about it, like there's actually a lot of moving pieces going on for for how little things ha- little happens. It seems actually. Um, I'm trying to remember. Was Martha Kent in this movie, or is she dead by this point? Do they did they even say? Because one of my jokes in them too was, "What's going on with Martha?" Like he just yeah never yeah back she's home? she's dead. I think she's dead by this point because I know she's dead in four, and it's it's clear. Well, she's definitely dead in four because he's got to go back to sell right. the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure she's dead in in this movie. I, yeah. I can't remember. All right. Like I just I I'm I I don't know I gotta be surprised again like I got numb to it but it's like um I, I don't think Martha's even maybe even mentioned uh, maybe she is uh, but it's it's weird it's it, the whole thing's weird all right so this could be surprising to people so let's 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 move on to Superman four real quick it has a ten percent and a sixteen percent um respectively critical audience scores on Rotten Tomatoes. So it is by far out of these Reeve movies considered the worst, both critically and from an audience perspective. It comes out in 87. Um, so the, the, the Salkinds sell the rights to canon films. Right. And those, those, those that listen to, um, uh, you know, the, the Spin Chagrin podcast that we do, um, probably know of canon films um, from that if you if you paid attention. But Frank, can you just kind of like go through like what the deal is with canon so people have some understanding? Canon was a low budget like B movie studio that was supported by these two Israeli millionaires, um, mm-hmm. and they would just they were very opportunistic. They would make movies that were similar to stuff that was popular at the time, and they would occasionally be able to score like real properties mm-hmm. um so and this is the case with uh superman 4 is that because like that have been diminishing returns you know the studio was willing to part with it so canon was able to step in and become the you know production studio right for the movie i mean they they, they make some great movies um right but yeah but so at this point it had been a while since they had a hit um like something that really like broke through and became a hit for them and and they go ahead um and and buy the rights and so it starts with a budget of 36 million dollars and uh it's quickly reduced to 17 million dollars um canon because they hadn't had a hit they buy this they put all this money into it but then they reduce the budget because they're getting ready to go through bankruptcy um warner brothers comes in as the distribution company for this movie and kind of saves canon films um by giving them a bunch of money so what basically happens kind of legally but maybe not like they basically embezzle that money <laughs> and then they distribute they give it to other movies because they have like another they always have like 30 movies going at once canon films and they put it into these other like you know movies like this warner brothers money 
Um, and then for and then keep the budget low on Superman four and bring in cheaper cheaper Israeli crews, you know, cheaper sets, cheaper locations. Um, uh, kind of uh, one of the things Reeve criticizes uh, specifically, I know, in this movie is the UN scene. Um, how he says if Richard Donner and Warner Brothers and you know stuff would have been behind this budget-wise, they would have actually shut down the street in New York City and filmed there. Um, instead, this is like filmed in London or something like that, like you know, um, mm. like with like no extras, basically. Um, so Reeve really doesn't want to come back for this one. Um, there's no story. He's like, yeah, I'm kind of done. And they're like, yeah, we really want, we really wouldn't need to make another, like, let's make another one. So he agrees to come back for $6 million financing for street smart, the, the, his passion project. And he wants story approval. And this is how nuclear disarmament becomes like the main kind of thrust of the movie is because Reeve was like, actively committed through like a documentary that he made and like you know publicly towards this idea of nuclear disarmament so that's how this all like you know starts with the villain of the movie like nuclear man and all that kind of stuff right so the other last thing i'll say just about history here is there was a screening of this um with an extra 45 minutes Hmm. oh my god and the screening went very poorly um overall so they ended up cutting 45 minutes of the movie um so little things get cut out like um you know how like lex luther at one point like has like a french mademoiselle like you know in the room with him at one point do you remember this she's like curtsying to him like during a transition into a scene with like luther and um lenny luther or whatever Maybe I don't know. It's just this like random like little thing at the start of the scene, and it's like it makes no sense, none, and it's because there was things there that were cut out that would have made it make more sense. Mm. Um, and then there's a whole subplot. There's a first nuclear man. Do you know this? Yeah, I know about this. Okay, yeah, yeah. and it was like basically like stolen, I guess, because again, I don't know Superman comics. Bizarro, um, was kind of like what the inspiration for the first, yeah, attempt at nuclear man was. Um, so that's a big plot that like, you know, and it actually like ends up interfering with like, why is nuclear man so obsessed with, um, Mario Hemingway's character, Lacey, um, is because the bizarro, like, you know, the, the disfigured nuclear man, the first attempt was obsessed with her. So this footage, apparently they're saying is destroyed and lost the time. So we will never get to see like the, the Sydney Fury cut, um, the, the director of this movie, um, of this of, of this but so considering this is by many claimed to be the worst what do you think frank i think it's a lot more entertaining than most of the other ones honestly why um it's the only movie that feels like a superhero movie like as ridiculous as the whole premises and everything and the Lex Luthor launching genetic material into fucking the sun or whatever to create this being mm-hmm nuclear man number one is hilarious like almost every scene with nuclear man makes me laugh because he's just like you know like yes flexing around (laughs) he's always like making muscles like look look at my muscles pop he is 
Um, the fact that he steals Luther's voice um, is really funny, too, that he's just wouldn't even let fucking, what's his name, the guy that played him? Mark Billo- Pillow? Yeah, yeah, Mark Pillow, like, uses yeah. his own voice. You gotta have yeah. Lex Luthor do double duty. Um, I don't know, I mean, it's goofy, but it's not, like, maliciously bad, or I don't know, whatever. Right. So it, Ma- it entertained me, and yeah. that was more than I could say for two or three. I mean, so do you think it enter? Did it actually entertain you, like on a story like level in any way, or did it just entertain you because it was funny and moved pretty quickly at ninety minutes after it's cut down? Yeah, I mean, I think the story's like, I don't think it was filmed very well, but I think the story right. itself of Luther trying to use like nuclear escalation to build his empire i mean whatever that's i think i think that's actually like the best plot that he's had in any in any of the movies so far really i hate the idea that hmm. oh luther's plots are very like even if this is grandiose it's still just very human you know there's nothing like right yeah uh, th- this seems like and the most... it's like super convoluted like, that you're gonna Assume that shooting nuclear material with oh, yeah. Superman's DNA is going to create a guy that looks nothing like Superman and has none of <laughs> Superman's powers because <laughs> they're him and his long fucking lightning fingernails or whatever. Okay, okay. So look, okay. Here, here is my argument for this movie, and maybe this is nostalgia for me. All right, because I watched this was always on Cinemax or some shit when I was growing up. Here's what I think: you put the money, the budget money behind this to have better special effects first of all, right? Better locations, better special effects. Okay, so here's the things that I actually, overall, conceptually, even if not in actuality, like, like, I like the stuff of him going back home and trying to sell the farm because Martha's died. Like, I like yeah, that kind of, it's... like, that that idea of loss suddenly for him and how that kind of, like, ties into him having to, almost kind of, like, having lost that, like, I really love the idea of Superman. I wish they would have done more with it. Struggling. They they kind of do it in the um, Zack Snyder one a little bit more. This, this struggle that Superman has of like whether he steps up and is like, I'm making this decision. I think that's a really compelling story idea is like, you know, do I do this? Do I stand up and make this decision for everybody? And him struggling some degree with that. I think that's really cool. Um, And actually gets into like a lot of like, you know, complexity to the Superman character in this, even if it's not done that well. Um, I think if you get a better actor for Nuclear Man and you get rid of his fucking claws, his fingernails, the fingernails thing is one of the dumbest things in this movie to me. Like, why does this dude just have fucking fingernails? Like, Like you make them grow. Well, right. He's so super, dumb. He's a it's super beast, man. Fucking beast. awful, awful. Um, <laughs> uh, but you actually get like a real actor in here, like to do that, and I think, I think it improves it immediately. Even though it's funny, I think in the way that it is right now. But I think you could improve that whole plot by having somebody competent come in. Um, I like Luther actually getting the upper hand for a while for once. Um, like with his fucking goofy goofy ass creation um i like the stuff with lois f- remembering like actually remembering everything 
Like I no, like that she, as a... she didn't remember nothing. Superman lets her remember it so he can feel better about himself and makes her forget again. They don't explain it very well, but right. Superman gives her back her memory so she can remember everything. So he can fly her up into the sky and be like, look, this is what I got to deal with, bitch. And then take her back down. <laughs> and she's like, weren't you cold? Why were, why, why, why am I out here? You know what I mean? She forgets like right away because he uses his imaginary super memory powers to. But when she goes to see him when he's six, she remembers. It's obvious she remembers. It's very scattered, and I think that's also because he's sick that he can't like block out her memory of it. Mm. Maybe then later, I... later it's not entirely apparent whether she remembers or not. Well, yeah, I mean, and who knows? Again, because so much is cut out of this fucking movie, like it's mm-hmm. a mess. It's a mess. Oh yeah, it's um, awful. In that respect, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I think it. I think honestly, the forty-five minutes would have added something to this, even though it was still would have been cheesy and bad. But um. So, so your argument for so you told me the other night in a text you thought this was the second best Superman movie. This after you you ranked them Superman, Superman four, mm. Superman mm. two. This is true, and then Superman three. Like so, what's your argument for Superman four being better than Superman two? I just think it's a more. I think it's just a fun movie. Okay. Like Superman two wastes so much time. So much time on the fucking Lois and Clark dynamic. And that fucking scene at Niagara Falls is like 30 minutes long and it's nothing really long. happens. It's really it's long. really bad. Yeah. Of her like, oh, is he Superman? Let me try and kill myself <laughs> to prove that Clark had You really dislike you really dislike that. Yeah. It's it's the stupidest plot. It is. It's really dumb. Really I don't even mind a whole lot about this movie except for um Lenny Luther is like my least favorite part in the whole movie and I just don't understand that character. <laughs> right. What does he take him to the school school for boys at the end? Is that what yeah, he, no he takes him to Boys Town. Boys Town, weird. that's yeah. what yeah, Boys Town, right. Yeah. Um Boys and then takes Luther back to jail. Right. Again. Um he, rem- he reminds me of someone that we know. <laughs> and I couldn't stop thinking about it the entire time. Like the voice and the action and mm. the ridiculous clothing and everything and just I don't know. I hated every yeah. scene with him in it. Yeah. John Cryer tells a story um about this movie that uh he was really excited to be in a Superman movie and he, he gets to set the first day and Reeve takes him aside and tells him like, you know, I just want to introduce myself, like, you know, I hope you know, hope you have a good time like doing this, like, you know, but he's just you you need to understand this movie is going to be awful. Like Reeve knew, like immediately, this oh, movie's going to be bad. Like you know, um, and like that—that's like John Cryer is like basically first introduction, like to this filming process is Reeve taking the side, being like, "Yeah, this is bad." Um, <laughs> I got the impression that all Reeve did it for was so he can make those two speeches, like the one at the UN and the one at the end of the movie, right? About yes. nuclear disarmament. Yeah, and yeah. let me let me ask this question, like again. No one in any of these movies has a plot that makes any sense and ever works. Like, Superman's idea was he was just going to wait for the nuclear holocaust and then catch the missiles and put them in a net and throw them in the sun? Yes, I guess. 
Like he's <laughs> flying around just waiting. Like, oh, there comes one. Launch, grab it, throw it into the net. Yeah. 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 And Superman, like it, like afterwards, like after Nuclear Man comes in, Superman's like, well, of course, Luther, you took some of my genetic material and had me throw it into the sun to create this being. And Luther's like, oh, you're so smart. And it's like, no, fucking Superman, you don't know that shit. Like, nobody could have figured that shit out because it's right. <laughs> right. Yes. And why is Superman so susceptible to things that aren't kryptonite, right? Like, like fucking nuclear man just shooting little, like, nuclear power. Like, Superman can handle that, that shit. And it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it's just like the fingernail thing. It's like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, the interesting thing about when the timing of this movie and... I think this may have been the reason why the franchise just like never was able to recover is this is the era of crisis on infinite earths, the mm -hmm. comic series where they rebooted all of DC. So 1987 is like the reboot year for Superman in the comics um, where they're trying to like, just sort of like have a hard reset where they can start him over as a character. Um, and there's some really bad stuff from this time period too, until you get to the later Superman stuff, but mm. it definitely like the campy atmosphere of, of quest for peace or whatever, um, undercuts like what DC was moving towards, which is that, and Marvel as well. I mean, in 87, they were already kind of on the way towards the grimmer, grittier, you know, right. Frank Miller inspired, like dark worlds of Batman and Superman and stuff. So, right. But in any event, it's it's fun. I yeah. I mean, the it. the other thing I didn't understand is that whole sequence where they're going around to like what the the, the Great Wall and all that kind of stuff when he's chasing because because what does the nuclear man say he's he, he's gonna have some fun first before he yeah. like, kills Superman uh -huh. and he starts destroying everything and Superman in these like really terrible scenes like you know like basically like reconstructs or like reverses time to like you know God, that's back. so funny. Dude, it's hilarious, but like, why is he? Can he come back and do that later? Like, I understand saving right. people, no, maybe no, if they're no, gonna no, die, no. but it's like, why does he do it right then and not just go capture and try to like stop Nuclear Man before he does anything else you and then come let, back and fix you it? You gotta let these tourists get their money's worth, Chris. Like, you can't have truth, justice in the American way in China if the tourists are unhappy. Did you notice like how many times they just use the same shots over and over again in this movie? Oh, yeah, because they didn't know. What, I mean, they knew what they were doing, but they had to like right cut together a turd into an even smaller turd i guess right. yeah fucking canon special there like using yeah. like those same scenes so and with that see but that's the thing is like <laughs> i guess maybe if at the time you were expecting like this big budget return to form for superman and you went to the theater and put your dollar 25 down to go see the matinee and you have been super disappointed but in 2023 fuck it like it's a funny b movie and it just i don't know Right. It's so much better than so many other things I've seen in the past like couple of years that I'm I guess I was just kind of immune to the awfulness of it. Except for Lenny Luther, who I hated. <laughs> yeah, I Lenny Luther just feels like a worthless character. I don't I don't quite get like why he's present in this plot. But um except for like I guess like they think Luther always needs like a comedic sidekick or foil or something, like you know, like whatever. I don't know. Um I I really um I really think actually though that this movie could have been made good with a proper budget and yeah. some rewrites to it. Like um 
like you connect some things together better, change a few like of the subplots, um, have a better a better actors, nuclear man, get rid of some of the goofiness um out of it and some of the camp. Like I actually think you could have had a really solid movie. Um, and I think you could have turned the story into maybe the best Superman story that's out of the four movies that's been told. Mm. Um Yeah, I was thinking you- about like what you could have done with the storyline earlier today. So I don't know. What's the number one thing you change? You think I think you need to make the threat of nuclear. You really need to like crib from like Watchmen or something and make that you know threat of nuclear, mutual like self assured annihilation. Um, like a palpable threat and not just like a bunch of goofy dudes in uniforms shooting like a single missile up into the sky, in the middle of nowhere. Like there's nothing scary or whatever, right? Um, I think it's a mistake to have Luther as your villain. I think it should have been a different villain. I don't know who, mm-hmm. but not Luther. Um, I don't know. Just take it more seriously, right? Like Superman is somebody accidentally launches a missile and Superman like has to fly over real fast to get it. And it like cuts him and flies off into the sun and he lets it go because he's got all these other missiles to take care of. But you can still have that be the genesis of nuclear man, I guess. You know, right. but it's a little more plausible than Luther like sending his DNA in. His his hair. Like yeah. Yeah. And how could Luther cut the fucking strand of hair that's holding up the thousand pound ball? Like that's dumb too. Right. Um Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't even have used nuclear man. I would have had it be Bizarro. I think that's I, I agree. I mean Bizarro's a traditional you know classic superman villain right um since, since you mentioned that um and we probably come getting ready to come to a close on four what um what superman villains because it's like everybody's just doing fucking luther and um zod yeah what other ones would you do i mean brainiac is a good superman villain mm-hmm. um What's his name? Mongol or whatever. Who's? I mean, they, Superman has a lot of or Dark Seed. You know, is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Metallo is a good one. Um, again, Brainiac or not Brainiac? Um, Bizarro, I think, is a good one. Uh, you could have like multiple villains. Like, I really like Solomon Grundy a lot, and I guess right. he's more of a more of a Green Lantern villain. But I still like enjoy that character and i think you could have done something with that i mean there's your nuclear man thing is this like guy that superman superman ends up like killing someone basically by accident and then he's distraught because of that because he knocks this guy into like the swamp and the guy dies but then he rises as you know solomon grundy and that could be interesting and it could be like a swamp that's like infused with nuclear waste and now he's got like you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. that'd be Mm -hmm. like perfect um what it is it just name recognition like for Luther? Do you think that like there's such this heavy fucking focus on Lex Luthor all the time? And... It just it's Superman villains are too much to explain. Like hmm. you can't just introduce Mongol or whatever who's this intergalactic slaver that takes the most powerful species example of each species and imprisons them to fight for his own you know glory like that's a fucking 40 minute introduction and whatever in and of itself 
it's a good character. It's interesting. Same with Dark Side. I mean, Dark Side. I I actually when I was a kid, I liked Dark Side as much as I liked like Doctor Doom or Thanos or whatever. Like I mm-hmm. thought he was a he's a really well designed like Kirby creation that looks really good and yeah, I I, li- I always liked the figures and the action figures and stuff when I was a kid, even though I didn't really understand what that character was except for being a Superman villain. Yeah, I always thought he had a cool look. Brainiac is basically just like Luthor, but you make him like, like a cyborg or a android or whatever, and it's it's at least has some more interesting. Yeah, because it's basically the villain of Superman three, right? Like it's the right omniscient self-aware supercomputer yeah so yeah yeah all right um well largely uh, it was i mean i i still enjoyed watching four um maybe not as much as you but i was like i enjoyed watching it but i just saw a lot of hidden potential there three was an absolute just fucking disaster for me to to get through um but uh so yeah so we will be moving on next week um to i guess a superman a movie that frank has said is a superman movie and has put on our schedule to to mm. to include um which is 2000 or sorry 1997 steel um and then the next like actual traditional superman clark kent like movie that actually gets filmed which is in 2006 we will cover on next week's episode um so thanks for listening everybody and we'll be back with summer steel again next week oh yes yeah. i thought it was funny that they had um richard Pryor say i don't believe a man can fly like it was always like that whole character is basically undercutting the importance of Superman. Anyway. Yes. Yes. You're right. Give it to me again, friend. I don't I don't believe a man can fly. Deuces.